Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to another installment of It's Your Business. I'm your host, India Yarbrough. Today's show features someone from the Topeka and Shawnee County Public Library team who is working to make a difference in the lives of locals. You don't want to miss this conversation, so let's dive right in. I'm in the studio today with Meredith Snepp, and if you're familiar with the Topeka and Shawnee County Public Library, you may have heard of her. Meredith is the library's business and careers librarian, and if you're not quite sure what that means, don't worry. We'll dive into that in a bit. Meredith has been with the library for about seven years and helps people access all kinds of information, from tips on becoming an entrepreneur to job resources to legal information and more. I'm excited to have her on the show today to talk about some of those resources and the library more broadly. So Meredith, welcome to the It's Your Business podcast. I am so excited to be here. Thank you. Of course. I'm so thrilled to have you on to uh, hopefully connect some of our listeners with these great resources that you are integral and in, in getting out to the community. It's not just me. It's me <laughs> and my team. I yes. Of course, of course. Um, well, to start, uh, you know, would you mind sharing how you became a librarian and, um, you know, more specifically a business and careers librarian? So I think anyone who knew me in my childhood probably could have projected that I was going to be a librarian. I spent time growing up in libraries with books, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But it never occurred to me that that could be a profession. Mm. No one ever said, hey, do you ever think about doing this as your career? So I went to college for anthropology. And as I'm nearing the end of my degree, we're all going, gee, what are we going to do after undergraduate? And I thought, well, I want to go to grad school. Studying one afternoon and a friend said, hey, have you heard about Emporia State's library science program? And I laughed and I said, ah, that sounds like it's like to do with libraries and books. Mm -hmm. She goes, it's literally becoming a librarian, like it's library school. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wait, why am I not doing that? (laughs) So I hopped on the computer and I looked it up and it was, of course, that's exactly what I should be. Did the program and here I am. Um, Applied for one library. Uh, Don't do that, by the way. That's my job tip for life. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Mm -hmm. Um, But I did. Um, I wanted to work in the library that I grew up with. So I didn't start out necessarily in my job wanting to be a business and careers librarian. Mm -hmm. Um, I just knew that I wanted to be a librarian. And as I kept going through my time there as a specialist, I kept thinking, I just want to help people, um, however that looks. And I have great mentors who are on staff there and are great at giving me feedback and listening to my thoughts. And they nudged me towards, hey, have you thought about this? Have you looked at that? Um, So in 2018, when the position became open, I was already doing quite a lot of that work. Uh And I said, that's the one I'm going to go for. So I went full on for that interview. Mm -hmm. Like, I left nothing to chance. So... Um, it was extremely th- thrilling, and it's it's become my dream job. It's amazing. That's awesome. Well, it's crazy how things work out sometimes, even yes. when you least expect it. <laughs> yes. I, I tend to think, you know, that 
everything works out for a reason. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, the most exciting things are the ones you least expect. So yeah, I did business for a little bit as an undergrad. Mm-hmm. And my dad is a business person. And I thought, oh, I don't ever want to I don't want to do business. Mm-hmm. And yet here I am. <laughs> and I love it. It's so fun. There you go. Um Well, I imagine, you know, there are folks out there who understand what a librarian is, what they do, um, but but may not be as familiar with a, quote, business and careers librarian. (laughs) So I'm curious if you could kind of shed some light on that. What what exactly does your job entail? So I like to joke that that was the position I applied for. And Mm -hmm. during my onboarding, um, the hiring team went, by the way, we also need you to tackle nonprofits, grant research, <laughs> legal resources, and personal and business finance. Oh, okay. <laughs> so um, those are the other things I cover. There's not a really better job title out there. Mm-hmm. So I don't just do business and careers. It's a lot of my job. But I love to help people with starting a business, with figuring out how to budget, um, with COVID and everything, figuring out finances, unemployment, um, if you had told me four years ago that I would be semi an expert at the unemployment website, I probably would have laughed. Mm-hmm. Um, legal resources, um, really, just at this point, we're we're constantly evaluating what the community needs in terms of kind of that broader umbrella of the work we cover, and then we're tweaking what we offer, what we focus as we can. Okay. So gotcha. yeah, awesome. Well, um, I'm sure uh, you know. The description of your work will even come through as we kind of talk through some of the the resources that the library offers and that sort of thing. And, um, you know, I do want to touch on that. You know, we spoke um, over the summer uh, about... A, a new business and legal resource center that the library uh, was standing up at the time. And, um, you know, you, of course, and your team, your business and legal resource team, uh, played a big role in kind of bringing that on board. Um, and I, I want to talk a, a little bit more about that center on today's show. And, and, you know, for those who aren't familiar, maybe haven't read that Capital Journal article that we wrote about the uh, center, could you kind of give us a broad overview of what the business and legal resource center offers? Of course. So, Listening to librarians during different conversations share about things other libraries have been doing to make things easier for people. Um, That kind of topic kept coming up. How can we make something that's easy for people to use? Um, I don't know if you've ever had to just sporadically find a legal document for you to use, um, but I would guess that you're tech savvy as you're running a podcast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, We have lots of people who come in who a computer mouse is a foreign concept. Mm -hmm. So trying to say, hey, go to this website, click on these links. Oh, yeah, you need to add money to print. Oh, you need to figure out how to print. That's a lot for a person to handle. Mm -hmm. And if you're looking for something like a legal document, you're probably not in a great frame of mind. Um, So being able to just take something and say, hey, all the work is done. Here you go and hand it to them. Um, That was really critical. So we got to hear our local history librarian is always really good at sharing out really good ideas and resources and concepts that remove barriers. Um, That's one of my favorite things about her. And so she brought up something like this that she had seen in another city. And so it just sort of percolated in my mind. And then I thought, why can't we just do that at the library? It doesn't have to be, you know, this huge footprint. It can be something small to try. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I 
brought it to my my bosses and they said, yeah, let's do it. And so we all brainstormed what are topics that our community needs. And we talked to different partners and organizations about what are you seeing? You know, what are people needing? Um, Again, checking the pulse. And that's how this whole concept came to be. So we ended up deciding on family and general law, health, um, housing for our legal packets. And then we also offer the basics of starting a nonprofit, the basics of starting a small business, and then a variety of packets related to job searching. Mm-hmm. So, and these are all ready-made packets. And we do evaluate if the judicial system updates stuff. We do take time to update our packets so that they reflect the most accurate legal documents. Mm-hmm. And I imagine some people don't understand. I mean, you were printing out all of these documents <laughs> and stapling them together and yes. making sure they're in the right place at the right time. And Yes. And the, all that uh, for stuff. example, the divorce with children packet is a hefty packet. Mm-hmm. We could, I think, get three in a slot at one time because of how thick each packet is. But we want a person to be able to have the breadth of the documents that they need. Mm-hmm. Um, same for the small business packet. Again, the whole idea is you just want someone to walk away with the thing. Like it's done. You have the thing you need to be able to do the research or do what you need to do to mm-hmm. make something better in your life. Yeah. And I, I think it's interesting too, because, you know, we're in this digital age where there's the trend of ever, everything that's print going online, right? And this is an effort to say, okay, wait a minute, there are people who cannot access that online. So let's take a step back and, and try to provide this print form. Exactly. In an ideal world, every person would be able to get onto a computer, not just having the internet access, but the the skills to use that computer Mm -hmm. and be able to print the documents themselves. But that's not where we live in this world. So being able to take those barriers away and just that's one small thing we can do as a library to make something in someone's life easier. Awesome. Yeah. When when we spoke over the summer too, I mean, you mentioned even the the cost of printing, and that's uh-huh. something you don't think about. I mean, if you if you have the the five bucks to to hand over and, and print a couple pages, you don't think about how that would be an inhibitor for someone. How it is a barrier. It is. Um, our printing isn't super expensive. I mean, it's ten cents a page for black and white, and fifty cents. So for five bucks would get you a lot of pages. Oh man, yes. <laughs> um, your first two pages each day are free. Mm. But even if you're printing, say, a seventy-five page packet, that's a lot. And if you're a person whose budget is down to the penny, already done for the month, mm-hmm. even spending a dollar, a dollar fifty to get pages, that just might not be something you can conceptualize. So if we're saving a person one to two bucks, just so they can have some breathing room. And then the documents, there's no question about, do I have all of the pages? Mm-hmm. It's just done. Yeah. So if we can give someone the confidence that they need, that they have the right thing. And let me be clear, we're not telling people which documents they need. Mm-hmm. There's a huge difference between legal advice and legal information. Sure. Yeah. We're not lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> so we're happy to say this is the information you need. Here are partners in town who, who can give you more of that advice. Mm-hmm. Um, but if that's something that we can do as a library to just, gosh, give you some breathing room, why not? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you know, it's it's been a few months, of course, since this was stood up, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm wondering, uh, and you kind of alluded to this a second ago, I think, with the the legal uh, resources. But have there been certain information packets that have been most popular? I mean, what are you what are you seeing community members really come in for? I expected with COVID and the 
up and down with the housing moratorium, I would have predicted at the start of this that our that all of our housing packets would have just flown off the shelves. Mm-hmm. And they really haven't for various reasons. I think people were waiting to figure out, you know, what's the eviction moratorium and stuff like that. Um, I will say our health forms, because of our proximity to the hospitals, mm, okay. um, oftentimes the hospitals will send people over, hey, you got to get a durable power of attorney. Hey, you got to get a living will. And we have hospital-specific forms. I worked with staff at each hospital because I thought, well, I don't know if if I walk in with a form if it's accepted at both. Mm-hmm. So I just called them. If nothing else, I'm always happy to find out. Um, and so those have been wildly popular. Um, durable power of attorney has probably been probably in our top three consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, the how to start a small business packets have flown off the shelves, which I love because um, I'm always excited when – because that just means to me, hopefully um, – that someone has an idea that they want to see conceptualized and they want to grow it here in Topeka. And I think that's so cool. And personally, I'm most excited, even if the numbers are small for our protection orders, so for protection from abuse and protection from stalking, Mm -hmm. I get really excited because I made sure that the labels, for example, on those, um, they're easy peel labels. Mm -hmm. So for a person who's in an unsafe situation, it's a very nondescript manila envelope with an easy to peel label. Um, and they can just take that label off yeah. if they think it'll pose a problem yeah. of any sort. So my, every time I see one of those, my hope is that person is hopefully getting to a safer place. Mm-hmm. And I just, that makes me excited. That's awesome. And, and it's awesome that the, the library can, can be that bridge that connects, yes. gets that information to um, those people who need it. Well, and you mentioned, of course, the the small business uh, packet, which I do want to touch on. And uh, this is a business podcast. Yes. So I was hoping to bring that up anyway. Um, but, you know, can you talk to us a bit about, um, you know, how you brought that packet together? And I understand it's now online as well. So it maybe is. you can talk about that. But yes. how did you pull that packet together? And, and what, what all is in there? So this all came out of my interview to become a librarian in 18. Um, they, as part of the interview, they said, we'd like to see a presentation on small business resources in Shawnee County. And I thought, okay, so I don't, I'm guessing not everyone thinks like I do, but I like roadmaps when I'm doing <laughs> something. Mm-hmm. I like to know step by step how things are going to go. And I thought, well, gee, do we have one of those? Are there those? Um And I thought, well, if I wanted to start a business, where would I start? So I played around with the idea, and I realized the Small Business Administration had 10 steps to foundational success on their website. So obviously nothing is guaranteed um, in life. But they said that if you follow these 10 steps, you're going to give yourself the strongest foundation to grow from. And I thought, well, that sounds great. So what I ended up doing was take those 10 steps, and I laid them over Shawnee County. Um, and so for each topic, whether that's financing or banking or um, how to make a business plan, um, I really made sure to find every resource I could uh, as it relates in the community to that topic. Mm-hmm. And then now if you look online, um, all of the specific things that you could find in the community that are various, like uh, things from Greater Topeka Partnership or Network Kansas, I'm, they're hyperlinked mm-hmm. um, and those things they take you to if you get the packet in the library they're printed and part of the packet okay so you're getting the same information no matter if you get it physically in the library or from our website Mm -hmm. um but i just wanted people to feel like they had a roadmap. i just i think people operate better if they know 
okay, yeah, I've done that step. Okay, I can move on to this step. Mm -hmm. And the great thing is you don't have to start necessarily at step one. I mean, obviously that's ideal, but even if you're, say, I don't know, two or three months into planning your business and you go, gosh, have I done all the things I should be doing up to this point? then this is great to refer back to and go, oh, okay, so I actually need to do more work on this. Or, oh, I didn't know about that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you know in the community who's doing what. We have so many cool community partners that are doing a lot of great work that we don't have to reinvent the wheel. Mm -hmm. Um, The library, as much as we like to, you know, have all the information, we aren't the end-all be-all of everything. So if I can point to an organization and say, hey, they do really good work with this. You should go talk to them. I'm so happy to do that. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So it's about, I mean, taking the guesswork out of it a little bit mm-hmm. and, and just kind of, um, you know, saying, okay, here's where you start and here's how you can get there kind exactly, of Exactly, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, and I think it's also um, very neat that you're, and, and the library in general is willing to say, okay, we might not be the best source for XYZ, but here's where you can find it. Because I mean, uh, it seems like, you know, the mark of a great leader is is recognizing where you can help and where you can't help and and directing folks to organizations that can help if, if, you know, if if there is a disconnect there with your organization. So that's, that's really neat. In-house, we call that signal boosting. Mm -hmm. Um, So really, again, it's not reinventing the wheel. But it's all about playing. We have a our new CEO, I guess, because it's official now. I can actually <laughs> <It> is, <yeah. laughs> officially say Marie has used the phrase for years, play in the sandbox. Mm-hmm. So we might not all be playing with the same toys, but we're all in the same sandbox in Topeka. Mm-hmm. So if I can say, hey, they, they have a really cool toy over there. You should go try that. Um, all we're doing is making Topeka better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think ultimately that benefits our entrepreneurial system, uh, the community at large and just really helps to foster a great work a great place to be in work well and I love that sandbox metaphor too that's that's great her background <laughs> is in psychology so ah. if you spend any amount of time around her you'll get these really cool metaphors that just sort of stick in your head <laughs> that's awesome well and you know when it comes to several of the you know a lot of the stuff you deal with at the library um, and I understand from you know glancing over your bio you sent me before the show that you're uh, quite passionate about digital equity um, which I do want to do a shameless plug uh, we have an episode on this podcast about digital equity I spoke with uh, Lazone Grays and um, someone from Topeka Public Schools and we you know talked all about you know how or why digital equity is important should be important to the business community as well so for those listeners at home who have you know, listen to that episode yet, definitely go back and do that. Really do. Lazan is an amazing speaker. Mm-hmm. I get to work with him in a couple different capacities and I love his brain. I love to hear mm-hmm. what he has to say because he's so knowledgeable and he's got such a cool perspective. Absolutely. Well, and, um, you know, speaking of, of digital equity and eliminating barriers when it comes to accessing information, um, you know, I understand you're passionate about those topics. Um, could you tell us a little bit more about what drives that passion? I mean, how did you become interested in, in tackling those two topics? I think it was a culmination of a lot of different things. I think it was growing up um, in a environment where I had access to a lot of things um, and meeting people over the course of my life who didn't mm. and realizing just how big 
that gap was. Mm -hmm. And my mom likes to joke that Topeka is the biggest small town you'll ever find. And um, I've, I've moved here in 2019 and I've heard that so yes. many times, it seems like. <laughs> yes, it's, it's a common it. phrase around here, mm-hmm. but it's true. And so realizing that there are there are so many places where that gap is. Mm-hmm. And I took a class on or a webinar, I guess, on digital citizenship back in maybe 17 or 18. And just hearing about different libraries sharing their different experiences with what their community digital equity inequity looked like Mm -hmm. Um, or seeing people come in because to the library because we're the only place that they can check their email or they can get a cell phone signal Mm -hmm. Um, being at the public library for any amount of time will really change your perspective on access and what access is. Mm-hmm. Um, people often think, you know, libraries, information, access to information. Of course, we want you to read the books. We want you to watch the DVDs. But we're so much more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, we want you to find something you're passionate about. We want you to feel equipped to live your best life. We want you to find something that drives you and motivates you. Mm-hmm. Um, but without digital equity, that is so much harder to do. Mm-hmm. Um, in COVID, I think really, really put a glaring spotlight on that. I mean, during COVID, I remember we had bookmobiles um, very carefully because remember early in, in the pandemic, we didn't really know how COVID got sure, around. Yeah. Um, but we were going out into different parts of the county with I think it was our mobile hotspots mm-hmm. just so people could sit in their cars check their email do their schoolwork do what they had what they needed to mm-hmm. and it was just wow what if hopefully we don't have another pandemic ever in our lifetime fingers, fingers crossed, crossed. <laughs> yes um but if something big happens again what have we learned now that we can start putting in place so that if the world has to shut down for whatever reason, um, people are not basically trapped without access to information. I mean, I can't imagine not being able to check the news or Mm -hmm. get health updates or things like that. Um, There are people who are trying to do doctor's appointments in the parking lots. Um, The library expanded our Wi-Fi range and and hours it was turned on when we were closed last year because mm-hmm. people were just parking in our parking lot to do their things. And I can imagine it was not very comfortable to do your schoolwork or your work work, yeah. do a Zoom from your car. Mm-hmm. It's not great. So, it, I mean, it sounds like that even outside of the pandemic, the library really does play a role in, in not only this community, but I'm sure other communities too, in, in helping bridge that digital divide and, and helping you know communities become more equitable, more, more fair. Would you say that's accurate? I would say so. Um, I know we are, we're always talking to other libraries. I can't speak for every industry, but libraries are really good about sharing knowledge or information or ideas with each other. We're not proprietal. Mm-hmm. We're like, hey guys, guess what we tried? Everyone else should try this. It's amazing. <laughs> um, so I know that the library and um, different leaders at the library have been having these conversations even before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um but I think, I think the pandemic really kicked that into hyperdrive and really made people go, oh, that's like a really big national issue. Mm-hmm. We should probably address that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been kind of cool to see different uh, legal efforts to get broadband and digital equity 
in the forefront of conversations or budgets. Um, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. Mm-hmm. Um, but the cool thing is no matter what, library is still going to be there. Building is there. We're open seven to eight hours a week. Um, so even if you don't have broadband access, come down to the library. Come to a community center with a computer. Do what you need to where you need to. And we're going to keep figuring out where those gaps are. Mm-hmm. I mean, for example, the legal stuff. Um, that was a huge gap. Uh, people weren't instantly thinking, oh, I should should go down to the courthouse and get a packet. Um, so we're always evaluating as a library, what is the gap? What are, uh-huh. Where is the need? What can we do to help? And if it's not us, then who? You mentioned a minute ago how, um, you know, libraries are often collaborating with each other and, and sharing best practices and that sort of thing. And, um, you know, going back to the uh, Small Business and Legal mm-hmm. Resource Center, I understand from our conversation we had earlier today that uh, the the center here did spark some conversation among other library leaders elsewhere. Is that right? Can you tell it, us a little bit more about that? So I got an email, I think the week that you, the article went out in the Capital Journal, mm-hmm. and I initially thought it was spam. Like, because the way that it was worded, I thought, there's no way that this is real. I thought, oh, this is a bot. But, you know, I replied to it. Mm -hmm. So it ended up being, and apologies if the author is listening, (laughs) because I, nothing personal, but I was being skittish. Um, So she is a researcher, and she's based out of either Indiana or Illinois. Mm -hmm. But she is consulting for a town in Texas who wants their website to be Super friendly, super accessible uh, for everyone. So basically, like they, I think their goal was to be the most user friendly website mm-hmm. in America, basically. Mm-hmm. And she happened upon your article because it did get picked up at a national wire. Mm-hmm. And she said, "Oh my gosh, your article! This article made me realize librarians, like they're these centers of the community. They're seeing what's going on. They're they're they, they have their finger on the pulse." Mm-hmm. And so she basically shifted her research and her findings to add the recommendation that public libraries be at these tables in community conversations about access and information um, in terms of this community making themselves super user friendly. Mm -hmm. But so basically because of this article, it occurred to her how critical public libraries are to equity conversations. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That really is. Well, I'm happy that Topeka can can spark that conversation for for someone else and and remind them of who needs to be at the table and and impart, you know, those folks who are working most directly with um, some of the community's most vulnerable, right? Absolutely. You know, in in talking about the library's role in a community, I did want to um, touch on that as well. And, um, you know, I'm sure there are folks out there who, you know, view public libraries as maybe an antiquated resource or... We hear that all the time. <laughs> really? <laughs> or, you know, maybe who who question the library's role in today's society. And, you know, I'm as you've indicated today, um, public libraries maybe is more important than ever or as important as ever. Um, and I'm, I'm curious how you might challenge those library skeptics and, um, and and what do you think a library's role is or can be in, in a community today? So my favorite thing that I hear from, li- from library users is, I didn't know the library did that, mm-hmm. or I didn't know I could do that with my library card. Um, there's so much more than just coming in to get a book or a DVD. We have an art gallery. You know, we have 
We host um, harvesters so kids uh, 0 to 18 can get shelf-stable meals. Mm-hmm. Um, we have all sorts of amazing programming opportunities. Um, we are a community connection place. And especially now, the cool thing is that can be virtual or in person. Um, so I often hear people say, oh, libraries, they're going by the wayside, mm-hmm. whatever. I don't think so. I really think, and I'll admit, when I first started in libraries, that was a prevalent fear across public libraries was, gosh, we aren't just, you know, dusty bookshelves and shushing librarians. Mm -hmm. Like, what what are we going to be? Who are we going to be when we grow up? Um, And I think, as a whole, libraries really stepped up to the challenge during Mm -hmm. the pandemic. I think if there was any doubt as to the relevance or need for public libraries in my opinion that that idea imploded during the pandemic Mm -hmm. I meant I have never been more proud of colleagues I have worked with and during the pandemic I meant we were all those first couple weeks just going what can we do what Mm -hmm. can we create can we do anything I meant it was can we come in and help shelve? Because people were still returning books because all of a sudden, what if my book has COVID on it? They don't. Don't <laughs> panic. Um, the virus doesn't live on books. Don't freak out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just everyone stepped up to the plate, which I think is is a hallmark of people who work in public libraries. Um, by and far, most people who work there want to do good in the world and want to help people. And so if a person is going to challenge and say, why do, why should you guys be around? Mm-hmm. We care about the community. We see, with no filter, people at their best and their worst day. Um, I had a patron a couple years ago who was clearly not in a good presence. They weren't – they were on something or they were – they just weren't ha- – they weren't having a good day. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple other staff people were very skittish about working with this person. They were – they needed bigger help than what the library could offer. But mm-hmm. in that moment, this person wanted to be able to access information attached to a debit card of some sort. Uh-huh. And I just decided, I'm going to try. I'm going to help them. And I realized he was angry because no one was listening to him. Literally, he felt like he wasn't being heard. So I looked him in the eyes and I said, I will sit with you. And we will figure this out together, Mm -hmm. which is pretty much how we attack things at the library. I will sit with you and we will figure this out together. That is, that's what public libraries do. And it might not be us who is the problem solver. So if it's not us who can get you access, okay, let's get you to this agency, to this person who can help you get what you need. Yeah. That's what libraries do. You're describing really this hub for community activity and connection. And um, it's interesting because I feel like during the pandemic, you know, we've heard a lot about um, how businesses have had to pivot or shift. Man, but it yes. sounds like the library has had to do the exact same thing. Yes, um, we're constantly. I am a planner by nature. Mm-hmm. So I like to have my three, six, 12 month. <laughs> I haven't had those types of plans since the end of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to become very good at being flexible. And I think that also made me become a better librarian in this field because business owners were having to be just as flexible. And I kept telling people because they would email or call and be frustrated. And I'm like, this is unprecedented. No one has the answers yet. So take that into consideration in your panic right now Mm -hmm. because there is no gameplay here. Like 
we're all just trying things <laughs> to see what sticks. Mm-hmm. And I saw our business community just roll with the punches. I mean, I was I was cheering every time entrepreneurs came up with something really creative or inventive. I was like, this is exactly the entrepreneurial spirit mm-hmm. in action. Let me pivot. Let me be flexible. Let me do what I can to help. That's awesome. Um, well, and, you know, if, if someone were wanting to get in touch with you uh, in some way or, or to, to connect with you or to connect with the library, um, how might they do that? Do you mind throwing out maybe a, an email address or a library address or something like that? To- yeah, for sure. So obviously visit our library, and I'm going to say it slow because of the initials. So it's T as in Tom, S as in Sam, C as in Charlie, P as in Paul, L as in Lima, Dot org so Topeka and Shawnee County Public Library org that's our main website mm-hmm. um, and through there there's a couple different ways um, if you want to just get in touch with a staff person there's general you can text us you can chat with us you can call us whatever works for you um, if you want to get a hold of me or someone on my team our email address collectively is job help at tscpl.org and that goes to me and members of my team because we're not always all there at the same time so um, someone will get it and someone will get back to you Mm -hmm. if you need to get a hold of me um, my email address is m s n e p p so my first initial and my last name at tscpl.org so honestly, email is the fastest way to get a hold of us because mm-hmm. we're running all over the library frequently. So I'm not as near my phone, my desk phone, as I you know would like to be. Mm-hmm. Well, normally I would repeat the email address back, but I don't want to butcher it. So if you, <laughs> if you missed that, rewind this 15 seconds yes. <laughs> and check if, on that email. If all else fails, just call the library and ask them. Um, the main number for the library is 785 785- Five eight zero forty four hundred, and my name is Meredith, which is I hope easy to remember. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and just ask for Meredith. Luckily, um, people have called asking for the wrong first name, but we have really, really <laughs> good staff who can usually piece together what you're trying to get. Mm-hmm. So, and we love to help. Um, we love hearing from the community, and so I hope if you're listening and you have questions, you know, give us a shout. We'd love to help you. Yeah, well, that's awesome and and impressive that you can you have that number at the top of your head. I love that. I have so many extensions for that library just <laughs> permanently engraved in my mind. <laughs> they can't get rid of you now. Nope. You are the the walking resource. I am. Yes. Did you hear that, guys? You can't get rid of me. <laughs> Well, Meredith, uh, I think that, you know, about wraps up our conversation today, but I'm wondering if there's anything else that we didn't touch on that you wanted to uh, mention or or bring up. I love hearing ideas from people. So if there's something where you're like, hey, Meredith, I haven't ever heard you guys talk about blah, blah, blah at the library. um, Let me know because I don't know all the things. So I appreciate and encourage people to give me feedback and ideas. Um, So if whether there's, you know, they need help coming up with a book list or they want to research a topic, um, give it to us, give us your best shot and, Mm -hmm. you know, we'll do what we can to help. I love those. Well, Meredith, thank you so much for coming on the It's Your Business podcast. I think it's been a great conversation today, and I hope it has um, provided some some much-needed information in, uh, to to our listeners and, and also just, um, you know, explained kind of the role of the library in the Topeka and Shawnee County community. So thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. It has been so much fun being on here. 
If you like what you just heard, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. We drop new episodes of It's Your Business every other week, so be sure to check back here for the latest. As always, if you have any suggestions about what you'd like to hear, feel free to reach out. You can find me on Twitter at IA Yarbor, that's at I-A-Y-A-R-B-O-R, or you can look me up at cgonline.com and shoot me an email. I'll catch you next time, and don't forget, it's your business, Topeka. Topeka.